1: Hello, welcome back to the post-match point on the Villa View in association with Purity Ale. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, still laying low with COVID. I couldn't go to the game today, but we are going to do a post-match point because obviously I watched it on television. So apologies if I cough or have anything wrong with me through this podcast, if I die through this podcast. It's obviously because I've got COVID. Joined by a very, very special guest, someone very, very special to the channel. I was going to do a joke, and he's ruined it. I was going to pretend Ian Taylor was coming on, and then it's <laughs> Tom Julian, and he's thrown it up on the screen just as I was cutting to my earpiece gag. But it is Tom Julian is here to relive our Booth podcast days. And Tom, pretty fitting to lose to Brentford away, isn't it? That does invoke pure memories of being in the Booth midweek. Yeah, mm.
0: Yeah, it was... It, it made my stomach drop just the way that it always has done when I knew that we'd have a I'd have a long journey to the booth to complain about how bad Villa were, uh, and then a long journey home uh, to complain to my wife about how bad Villa were, and um, it just felt a bit like that again, didn't it? Mm. I, I kind of the game finished, and I felt like you know what we were the better team; we probably deserved something out of that. And then you look at the injuries both. Both teams had injuries but Brentford were pretty depleted there and we should have won that game I don't think I just feel like Brentford Brentford kind of got out of jail they scored a couple of the first goal was lovely um, and you know the second one they 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 robbed us really Um, yeah just very frustrating very typical me coming on Villa View very frustrating
1: yeah before we get into the shit that is the Villa let's people obviously some people might wonder where you've been for the 18 months now, you've not been on the channel? Two two years, yeah. you've not been on the channel? Do you want to just update people with what you've been doing? I mean, first off, actually, you're going to hate this because there's zero notes unless you've wrote any yourself. There's no notes here. Oh, you always got some.
0: Did, did, you can't didn't, see them. You, but... you
1: didn't share them. didn't share them with the other people on the <laughs> podcast, so that's pretty poor, unlike you. But yeah, how are you? And how, how's life been over in Germany? Because to be fair, it'd be a pretty rubbish time to move to a different country.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah so I I um, for those that are new to the channel or, or didn't yeah didn't watch a couple of years ago um, I used to be a regular face and um, got a job with the Bundesliga um, in I got the job in January 2020 to start in March 2020 uh, and literally I moved the week the weekend that COVID hit so we had our leaving due and everybody was kind of started to worry about COVID and I there I was gathering (laughs) a large group of people together um and uh yeah that that weekend all the games started getting postponed in Germany I moved over nobody was there in my in my office on the first day and really not not much has changed in the last couple of years it's just been um an absolute roller coaster to be honest um but yeah we had a terrible terrible time to move Uh, terrible time to join a league but at the same time really interesting so I work in I I look after the international communications for the Bundesliga which has been super busy but um, very interesting to be with a league at this time an unprecedented time Um, and yeah while there's been a lot of frustrations we've done a lot of new things in terms of how we how we communicate won't get into the kind of boring details of it but it has been a good chance to you know, explore, explore the industry, um, see how we can change things, innovate things. And, and Bundesliga is super um, keen on, on being at the forefront of innovation. So that's, that's been fun. So yeah, on the one hand, disaster. On, on the other hand, you know, my colleagues are nice. The, the where we live outside of Frankfurt, it's very nice. Um, hoping that you'll come over at some point that we can go and uh, see a couple of Villa yes. games with, with a couple of Lions clubs. Um, Cause there's a couple of active Lions clubs I mean I quite
1: like to say a Bundesliga game rather than a villa game on the T V to be honest Tom.
0: We can do both. We can make both of those things happen. But um yeah, it's it's been a it's been a weird one for sure, but you know, my German's getting better at the very, at the very least. Yeah, I can notice
1: actually the way when you're talking, you've got a bit of that thing where someone who's moved over to a, a foreign country no. talks, where you're talking English now. You have, you've got. You're to not
0: comparing you. me to Steve McLaren. Not I'm not quite like,
1: that bad, but you've <laughs> did, There's definitely something there. I'm sure people in the comments will agree with me and pick up that that is definitely the case. And you were about, we were. you were about to go to Dortmund, Mute Bayern as well, weren't you? And then the and then the games went behind closed doors again. I mean, you can't, yes, you can't sir. write this kind of look.
0: Honestly, so I got to I got to go to the Super Cup, which is which was Dortmund Bayern um, in Dortmund in uh, end of August, um, and that was good. But it's Super Cup, so it's not quite the same as a Bundesliga match. There's a, there's a, a palpable difference between between the fans uh, and what they what they expect from that game. So yeah, I was all geared up to go to to my first proper classica, um at, at the start of December, and um, and basically you know COVID COVID has Hit Germany really hard. Our vaccination rate in um, across the country is not good. Um, a lot of East German, in particular uh, in particular, a lot of its cities in East Germany, um, struggling with the vaccination process. Um, not for lack of vaccinations, just lack of willingness. Um, and and yeah, basically, it was it was deemed appropriate that all sporting events would go down to uh, a maximum of fifteen thousand. A lot of places had empty stadiums again. Um, but yeah, Dortmund, Bayern, we had 15,000 and I mean, the communications things that we were going to do there were um, <laughs> put on hold, uh, which was very frustrating for me. I got to go to a couple of games this year. I've been to Dortmund, been to Frankfurt, been to uh, Leverkusen. Um, so a few games. But if you'd have told me that uh, I'd been here two years and I'd have seen three Bundesliga stadiums. You I know, know it's, not it's not, it's not
1: funny. I don't, I don't know why I'm laughing. It just feels very Tom Julian, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Yeah, took the, t- t- the pandemic with you. I mean, not, not, not that you're the cause of it or anything like that. But yeah, I do fail for you because it is horrible. You're obviously going over there full of excitement, this really, really interesting, exciting job. You basically haven't got to do a lot of the good things that you should be doing in that role. But I'm sure it will come when COVID leaves us in 2029, 20, Tom. So, you know, look forward to that. On the because one I'm hand...
0: On the one hand, you're absolutely right. Like we would often, my predecessor and me in previous jobs would go to an event and take journalists with us and, and show, them, show them the city, show them the game, show them everything that's going on. Haven't been able to do any of that. But on the other side, you know, I have got to interview way more players than I would have done in my previous job. Who's the best you've, in, who's the best you've interviewed? The best player? We had Robert, Robert Lewandowski mm, yes. uh, quite early on. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, when I say I interview it, I kind of set up a, basically a call like this and uh, get a, a journalists in from around the world and, and kind of moderate it, make it make it look and sound hopefully good. Um, we got, I got to interview Jude Bellingham in person at Super Cup, so that was good, and Serge Canabry as well. Um, but, yeah, so, so uh, but being able to do a lot of this stuff online, we've had way more access to players than we ever have before, which is good, Um it's not the same as being there in person, but it has changed things. I think for the better that when COVID finally leaves us in 2029 20, or wherever, um, that hopefully we can do a kind of hybrid way where we're we're in person, but we're also doing it online as well. Let's let's keep our fingers crossed. I mean, I should say
1: in in transfer window times that COVID day. That's not anything itk. Eh? I don't know when COVID's going to go. I'm not 100 <laughs> sure, but 2029. 20, If it's gone by then, at the moment, I think we'll all be quite happy because it does feel like he's never ever going to go. And since you've gone, Tom, I mean, people did notice this straight away as soon as you left the Villa view. Villa got to a flyer that season. A bit Liverpool seven two. I think we won our first three or four games. Villa generally have been quite good since you left. And I've got to say as well, my career has gone from strength to strength since you've gone. I don't know. I was was going to say you've been you've been busy because
0: you you don't seem to pop up on Twitter at all, plug in anything that you're doing. You
1: must have been really holding me back. (laughs) <laughs> I was going I was going nowhere working, working with you, and since you've gone to the Bundesliga in a different country, things have been going a lot better. But let, we should probably talk about the Villa game. We'll come back to the travels of Tom Julian near, near the end, but Purity probably want to get some Villa out of the money that they pay us. So let's, let's talk about today a little bit then. You get a bad feeling going to Brentford, don't you? You just Even when we were 1-0 up, I messaged you saying, oh, this doesn't feel very, very podcast-like, this doesn't feel like the kind of thing that happens before before we go and do a podcast about Villa, and just losing a bit of what felt like a a nothing game to me. Brentford haven't had to do a fat lot to win that game. I think Gerrard said afterwards they probably have three shots all game. To lose that game 2-1 is really, really disappointing. And I found Villa quite weak and feeble in rolling over and losing that game. Really disappointing, especially under Gerrard and the way we've been under Gerrard.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it was... I think I've already used this word a lot but frustrating was was the word of the day where you you know we started off okay brentford i thought looked really poor they looked out of sorts and again i think they've they've had they've had issues with covid they've had issues with injuries and they just looked like they didn't really know each other um and and ings obviously scores that scores that fantastic goal kind of 15 or so minutes in um and you're kind of thinking okay Villa could get a strong away win here. Um, something that I think we need, you know, four losses in the last six. And um, it would be nice to get another win under the belt and kind of push on again in the new year. But you're right, it, it, it started off very flat. I thought Villa grew into the game much more than Brentford did. Um, and we got the goal, got the early goal, and we still looked on top. But Totally deflating because you, you mentioned it there. We kind of eased off and let Brentford come into this game, and there's no way that that game should be one all at half time. And you can imagine Gerard going into into the changing room at half time and just flying off the handle because he's like, what, "What was happening for us to just kind of drift through through the second of the first half? I, I just don't know what happened. It just felt yeah very flat."
1: Yeah, right. I, just, I don't often get really, really annoyed, but I did get really, really annoyed. I don't know whether it's because I'm ill as well, but I feel extra frustrated by, by this one because it's a game that's there for there for the taking. They, they were a poor outfit today, Brentford. I think their own fans would say, oh, yeah, we weren't great today. So to, yeah. to lose that game and from them not doing anything, and I felt there was a borderline bit of arrogance from us when we went 1-0 up. It was kind of like, oh, we don't need to do much to, to, to win this game now. And in the second half, I didn't feel like we ever really got going. And it's... A, it's a, it's a poor second goal as well. Martinez makes makes a great save. Just just the reactions for it to come back to the same player and for him to to, to knock it in for his first Premier League goal. I don't know why I'm doing that because it was his first Premier League. Kind of <laughs> think that again always happens to Villa. Someone will get their first Premier League goal against us, and it's all about plucky Brentford. Well done, Brentford, the the underdogs. But I just think it's seriously weak from Villa, and it's that's something that's been a problem for the last decade near enough. That soft underbelly where teams don't have to lay. A Heavy glove on you to beat you, and it felt like that today. And as I said earlier, it hasn't been like that under Gerard, so he'll be frustrated. But I think he'll also look at a few players today and think he's not up to it, he's not up to it. I, I need some different players in January. Because to be fair, the bench was pretty sparse today, and now there's two more that, that were involved today going off to the Cup of Nations. I know Mings will be back for the next game, but then McGinn's going to be suspended for the next Premier League game now. we. We suddenly look really, really short. Twan zabi has gone, and we, we look like we need maybe two, three, four players in January, which is never a great time to, to to buy. But I just thought overall, it's that weakness, isn't it? It's that that mental side of things that's the disappointment to that.
0: Yeah, I, it's interesting what you say about the the kind of soft underbelly, because I felt like under Dean Smith certainly prior to the the last you know six, eight, ten games. I, I didn't think we had that. I thought we were were stronger with Smith and I thought we were more resolute. I thought we concentrated better. You know, it, it didn't start off very well this season and, and that, that soft underbelly was certainly there to be attacked. Um, and Gerard kind of seemed to sharpen things up. But, you know, if you've got those players, Gerard has inherited those players, the same players that were playing under Smith, the concentration factor is not necessarily because of the manager. I thought his subs could have been better today. Um, yeah, a few people and, have said that. Yeah, you talked about the bench being weak, and it was, but, you know, uh, again, the players that he picked, maybe it's the players over the manager, but, you know, the players that came on didn't shine. Uh, Trezeguet came under a lot of criticism, and I thought deservedly so, especially for that awful What's he attempt. thinking? What was he thinking with that? Why would you do <laughs> that? Oh, you wouldn't do that down a park with
1: no cameras. So why would you do it right. when, you know, there's hundreds of cameras watching you? Blatantly, nothing has happened, and the most annoying thing is he'd actually done really well to get into the position he did and right. put himself in a good place to create something. But instead, he goes down in a situation where he's never, ever in a million years going to get a penalty, so even if the ref gives that. That's a hundred percent getting overturned because nothing happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. and uh, Trezeguet is such a weird one because he's had some he's had some really sparkling moments in in a Villa shirt, uh, you know they're few and far between I would say he's never kind of put it together consistently to be to be the main guy but yeah to just do something like that just it, it felt weak and it felt like a I don't know it kind of symbolized the collapse for me um, that, that that it was all falling apart but yeah to go back to the original point you know we miss Mings um, and he's a captain he's a leader sometimes his um sometimes his uh you know brain goes goes awry um and and, and he falls out of position but I think we would have been stronger with him yeah, in the comments here Nakamba who's been uh, you know a fantastic revelation under under Gerard. he's an important player for us but you know um when he's not there you've got to you've got to be able to you know reshuffle and 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 keep keep strong and we didn't and we were slow to react certainly obviously for that second goal but you know it could have come at another time and gerard has got a lot of work to do he like I say he still inherited the squad that was there before you know he's not going to be happy with all of those guys There's, there's certainly going to need to be changes I think he said um what did he say it's not going to be wholesale but there are going to be opportunities to strengthen so Sounds to me like there is money there to spend. Yeah. We've already obviously seen a couple of guys leave. Uh, Axel, who who wasn't ours anyway, but uh, also Keenan. We'll talk about him, I guess, more later. But good to see him go and get some games, hopefully. But yeah, we we definitely need to to, to strengthen across the midfield to cover for for Afcon. Um, you know, left back has been one that's been talked about a lot. Wingers, we're, we're still not quite there. You know, Wendy had a couple of nice moments today and yeah. linked up nicely with Ings. Um, but there's, I, I still think there's a lot more to see from Wendy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not writing him off as a 30 million flop just yet. Um, I, I hope that he can kind of grow into his place in a Villa shirt because I think he's got an awful lot to give.
1: But the cynics would say what Blandia has done today—that throw ball against Brentford—that's purity, by the way. Um, they would. The cynics would say when he's done that. Against teams like Brentford in the Championship, that's the kind of team where he has he has done it. It's, it's against the other teams where you need to see a little bit more from him. Because he's a lovely through ball, don't get me wrong, lovely turn and through ball. I don't think the the passage of play from the Brentford midfielder was, was brilliant in letting him turn and play the pass. But it's a, it's a nice ball. The way of the pass was perfect. But he hasn't done that in the other games. So the cynics would say against teams like Brentford, well, yeah, he's already proven he can do that. He did that last year, all year for Norwich in the Championship.
0: Yeah, but he also did it for Norwich in the Premier League. You know, he mm. he he has shown himself. I like, be I like him because
1: he plays forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I really he, like that. I think he's shown himself to be a to be a class player in in the Premier League. You know, it's very difficult for players sometimes to to just swap in from Norwich to, to Villa or Villa to Man City or however it however it might be, and and for you to just be that guy and be the main man. It there's You know, it's just more complicated than that. And to to write someone off after, you know, half a season or or whatever it is, to me, just seems foolish. He might need, you know, three quarters of a season, and hopefully we see more from him at the end of next season. I think fans sometimes want instant gratification here, where it's like Buendia comes in, he's an instant replacement for Grealish, and, you know, he, he scores 10, 12 goals and sets up another 10. It just doesn't work like that sometimes. It's going to take him a little time to bed in. He got signed by Smith. Now he's playing under Gerard. You know, he'll he'll learn a lot, I I still think, from, from Gerard. I I still think that he'll come good and he'll be a good player for Villa. I will say, but been, sorry. I was
1: say, I will say that goal was a little snapshot into what we did try and do and what, what we did buy. You know, Jack Grealish is a phenomenal footballer. Obviously, I'm not comparing Emile Wendy to him. Jack Grealish is a one-off. But that's not the kind of goal Villa scored with Grealish playmaking. That through ball to the, to the striker and then the great finish from from Danny Ings. That's kind of a snapshot of what Villa were trying to do. And replacing Grayish with Buendia with the through ball to Danny Ings because the way the pass was perfect and it's a really really smart finish from Danny Ings on the, on his left foot as as well. So a little insight into actually what the what the kind of plan was.
0: Yeah, and you 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 talked at the start about the the cynics saying that that it was just against Brentford or whatever. I, th- I mean Brentford have been a, a good outfit this year. I, I don't think that they're you know a terrible side by by a long no. chalk and again they're not at full strength, but hopefully Buendia will take confidence from from that performance and be able to take it into you know the games against manchester united um and and the next game's coming up because we need playmakers like him villa have played with with a creative attacking world class talent you know for for the best part of eight years six eight years something like that um and we have grown reliant on a player like that. Whether it's the guy that's kind of weaving in and out and, and then playing out to the wings, and then the ball comes across, or it's going to be this new style of being a bit more direct, but finding that finding that pass because Ings knows where to run. He's he's a, um, a very savvy striker. He knows where the goal is, and you give him those kind of opportunities, and he will stick them away. What I think we need is more from from our wider guys to draw draw players out, you know, give Wendy a little bit more space. I, I still think there's more to come. I think hopefully we'll sign another kind of creative attacking player. And um, yeah, I, I go back to, it. I think Wendy will come good, whether it's, you know, next week, let's see, maybe it's March, maybe it's it's August. I, I, I think he needs the time, um, but I hope that, when we start kind of 22, 23 season, that he will know Gerard, he'll know the system and, and he'll be our main guy.
1: I think Al Ghazi might be off in January, you know.
0: He hasn't had a start under Gerard
1: he's come, He came on in the first few games actually under Gerard's stewardship and did well. Got a couple of assists or was involved in a, in a couple of goals. He obviously was involved in the Brighton goal. He was involved in the goal away at Wyatt Palace as well. He got an assist for that one. But then he's not really been seen since. He's seen to sort of, Fallen majorly out of favour, and you know, and know Trezeguet hasn't played since April, is it? Mm. You know, in March or April last year, and he's coming on ahead of him today. Maybe Gerard just wanted to have a look at Trezeguet because he's one he hasn't seen, but it's not looking good for El Elgarzi.
0: And you know, his goal output was pivotal last season. I'd love to. Uh, one of the reasons that I love football and I love working in football, and you know you and I share the the idea of loving working for a club is seeing what life will be like, you know, on a day-to-day basis in training, because, you know, we, we watch the games on a Saturday and we, you know, see snapshots of what the Villa social want us to see on Twitter, or or we see kind of behind the scenes interviews or whatever, but it's all what you want to see. It's not the how players react when they walk into the changing room on a Monday morning or how the manager is feeling about, different players or, or what he's seeing every day I just love to know what Gerard's seen really what he's thought and and where he's going to go in January obviously the the transfer window is going to show us that a little bit but El Elgarzi is a perfect example of that of a player who was pretty effective under Dean Smith whether it was starting or coming off the bench he you know he he has been very important for Villa um it doesn't look good like you say that that he hasn't had an opportunity didn't even yet. come on to that and and he'll be he'll be annoyed by that you know he's a he's a top top athlete that that wants to um that wants to play for his country wants to play for his club wants to you know be the best that he can be and and to not even get an opportunity in a game like that he'll be he'll be fuming I'm sure
1: yeah he's one that I hear use, Well, this was probably under the last regime to be honest but he's one that does bang him in in training and these levels are really sharp in training and it doesn't always translate to a match day. But yeah, I think Villa can be, from what I hear, they're going to be really, really busy in January, which is unusual for, for a team to be so active in January. It sounds like Villa have got plans to be. I mean, it doesn't always come to fruition, so I'm saying that. And quite easily we could sign no one because it's really hard to shift players yeah, and, sure. and move players in, in January and get people in. But from the sounds of it, we want to be quite busy. And from what Gerard said as well, you know, he's got a couple, he's got his eye on that he wants to get in. And I don't think he would have took the job without being given certain assurances. He, he said, I'm the man, I'm in, I'm in charge of the of the transfer. So he'll want to get a couple of in. So it'll be interesting to see who he does get in. Just back to the game. You touched on him a little bit, Tyro Mings. You know, he gets, he gets slated in certain quarters. Well, because to be fair, when he makes a mistake, Tyro, it is very, it's big, isn't it? When he makes a mistake, it's not something that's, it's a tiny mistake. It's usually quite a big one. But I'll tell you what, we are a far better side with Tyro Mings in it. If you play Hawes next to Mings, he'll have had a better game today. concert next to Mings, exactly the same. Because when you put them together, then that was effective without Mings, I, in my opinion. I just think next to Mings, yes, brilliant. concerts an unbelievable defender. He's had a great 12-8 to statement. But when you not next to Toro and Mings, he suffers. Mings, for me, along with Martinez, are probably our most important player.
0: I thought concert. Played pretty well today. There was a few opportunities where he just kind of tied it up and, and did the job. I said played pretty well. He did the things that he needed to do. Whereas Horst, I felt, was, you know, a bit quiet or a bit... Rusty as know. well, isn't it? Has applied for a while. Yeah. That's, that's the job. You know, he knows that that's, that's his job. He knew he was coming in today. And, you know, it's easier said than done to say, you've got to be ready. You've got to be match fit. You've got to be on the ball to take over from from the captain. But he didn't know that that was his assignment coming in today, you know, I didn't feel like he took his chance. And, you know, Axel Twanzebi maybe watching the game, thinking I could have done a job there. Um, He obviously wants to go, I'm presuming. I'm presuming he wants to go to Napoli, And I I don't blame him at all. I'll come back to the original point about Mings, but to talk about Twanzebi, I thought the move in the summer was a bit weird. Very happy to have him back, but he was always going to be the kind of guy behind concert and, um, and Mings and I didn't really see the benefit for the player or Manchester United in him coming back to Villa really um, and for him to go to Napoli I think that's a great opportunity for him to like, both professionally and personally I'm not sure what their centre-back situation is um, and whether he's going to walk straight into there but I think it's I think the the contract is based on you know him playing.
1: Yeah, he hasn't played enough games yeah. at Villa, so he's been, they've, they've been able to cut it short. Manchester United, I believe.
0: Yeah, which uh, you know, and again, I, I, don't, I, I'm surprised that the contract was ever that ever got through because I'm sure Dean Smith would have thought that concern Mings were his first choice. Um, Sol sharp should have known that as well, I think, on, on the other side. But anyway, um yeah, presumably he'll get the opportunities at Napoli and. You know, great opportunity for him to go and play in Syria, experience a different lifestyle, and, and and all that kind of stuff, and then come back to Manchester United and, and hopefully he gets his his chance there. But back to Mings, he's, he's massive, and I think you know he wasn't made captain just out of default because he was the next man up. He was made captain because he was a leader, because he was important in the dressing room, because he was important to Dean Smith. That's obviously um, carried across to to Steven Gerrard, and I. I you know he does make a mistake, and there is a there there is an error in him, and it matters because I, I think that he's he's so important, and you know we we don't talk about the things that he doesn't make a mistake on, um, and he tidies so much up, and he's there. He blocks the a lot time. as well. I and feel like
1: he gets in front of that one, that second one today, possibly down that side.
0: Right. Yeah. Whether it would have happened today or not, he's definitely shown it in the past that he's. He's there to make the last ditch tackle or the last ditch block, like you say. He's important to Villa and you're you're right, he gets a lot of criticism. Sometimes sometimes it's justified. He makes a mistake and you know, he holds his hands he up. Can be, like he that. can
1: be casual. I'm not for one minute denying that, but I think when you look if you were to watch a game for ninety minutes, he does so much, so so yeah. much for that villa bat line, so much for that villa team. It's huge when he doesn't play. And I don't I genuinely don't think we lose that. I'm not I'm not having to go at cons, I'm not having to go at Hawes. I think it is he's there today. We don't lose.
0: There was very few good things about um, COVID when it was empty stadiums. But the, one of the only good things was being able to hear players talk and organise. And, you know, you have someone like Mings who is literally bellowing for, for the whole game organising putting putting people in the right place telling people where to go in no uncertain terms a bit like a, a young tom julian i would say you know organising things making sure everything maybe be organising things but not on the football pitch <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely my role more talk than than feet i would say but he, he's important and um we missed him today and uh would we have would we have drawn that game won that game who knows but I think we would have been a better team with him.
1: Watkins as well, COVID. I mean, we know Brentford have got tons of players missing, so it's all by the by really. But, you know, Watkins up against his old team today would have been a useful outlet. He would have run the channels, maybe created a bit of space for for, for other people even more so. And again, another miss against, against his old team. People are talking about him going to Arsenal. They aren't going to
0: sell Ollie Watkins to Arsenal in January.
1: It just, just isn't going to happen. He's got
0: COVID. That's why he didn't play how, today. How do you feel about the wing, uh, the, the Watkins-Ings relationship Where where, the villa are happy with that? Are we happy up top, or do we now need
1: more again? I like it. You've gone, you've taken over asking the questions. I feel much more comfortable with you asking the questions in this. In this, so maybe that's the problem with Watkins and Ings. You know, I I feel more comfortable with you asking the questions to me. (laughs) Usually, I'm happy to ask and ask the questions when it's me and you. I like you to ask the questions from the notes. I feel comfortable with that. It's just not. That, it's a bit of a conundrum. I said that after the Chelsea game. It's not. It's just not happened. It's not come together. I mean, you can see the relief in, Ings in his face when he scored today, or the frustration when he scored today. So, you now he's got four goals. I think Watkins has got five goals probably at this stage of the season. He mm. probably not be happy with that if you were offered it at the start of the season as a, as a partnership. But the, you know they've both missed games. There is things to take into consideration. But teams generally just don't play too up front. I actually think the way we play under Gerrard. Watkins should always be the, the number nine when fit the one leading in the line on his own. I think Ings would operate better because we play such narrow tens now behind the striker. We've contemplated Watkins there and Ings as the main man when they have played together. I'd quite like to see it the other way around. See how that goes. So I think Ings has got more about him in that position. His goal today, a great snapshot of what he can do. Lovely run, timed well. Takes a finish on his weaker foot and absolutely buries it because if he gets chances, he'll score Ings. It's probably... Harry Kane, I can't think of a more lethal striker in the league than Danny Ings. I'd probably miss someone blatant. I know I don't class Salah as, as a striker. Do you know what I mean? He's a proper striker, a proper number nine. You're getting a, a ball falling in and around a penalty area. Ings is probably up there, I would say, across the whole league. Maybe not in a Villa shirt so far, but you know, over the years for Southampton... He was no. banged the goals in. I think his record in 2020, even though he's not scored loads of Villa, is still up there as one of the best in the league because of the goals he scored for
0: Southampton. Yeah, but so but you're also advocating to swap that so that you have Watkins in that place. And uh, that's definitely not purity. No. Um
1: No bear, no bear for me. <laughs> I have actually had my Purity delivery now that got stolen. That was unbelievable. I saw that on Twitter. What's going on? I got just a single can in a box. <laughs> like, why, why would you leave the cans? just to rub it in I honestly think right you'll get away from the game there <laughs> the parcel said the Villa View I honestly think that's it didn't say my name it said the Villa View and my address I honestly think Birmingham City found in the depot or something it's just tacked them away yeah just ticked them down the toilet but left one just to have a little dig that's honestly well, honestly what well, I think what would one can get delivered in a makeshift box
0: yeah that doesn't make any sense the one can's a conundrum.
1: Even the label on the box—it's like a handwritten. Wasn't that that's not how the stuff's come from Purity before?
0: Someone's it's, someone's done me there. The good, well, not the good thing, but the the interesting thing is it, they have actually done you because you're you're annoyed by it as well. So they really have. I was really
1: looking forward to some Purity on Christmas Day. Mm. Yeah, they've, I've since been replenished, so I have had a Purity delivery. In the last few yes. in the last few days, you will know, I didn't tweet when I had the good news, just the just the bad news. That's, that's just what you do, <laughs> isn't it? That's what you do.
0: Yeah, well, you usually tell me all the good news privately, just to to rub that in. But I didn't get a purity uh, message either. No, so, no. You, can't get, um, you
1: can't get purity in Germany, can you?
0: Uh, I'm on the um, the Hofbroy.
1: Leave that comment up please, because I actually completely agree with that comment.
0: What does it say?
1: I'm Ramsey came off. I was surprised Ramsey came off.
0: Yeah, I uh, yeah,
1: and I'd maybe like to see Ramsey pushed forward to the 10 in that instance, if you wanted Santana.
0: So, yeah, we didn't get to this. We didn't get to the answer here. So you, when Watkins and Ings are both fit together, you play Watkins as a nine and Ings as a 10. Not not
1: every time, but I think if, you got, if you're not going to play them as a two up top, I, I think now, I think Watkins looks frustrated when he plays in that weird number 10 stroke winger mm. position. Yeah, I don't I, think he's happy there. His body language completely changes. I noticed it against Chelsea at Villa Park. Just his body language wasn't great when he was playing out wide. He doesn't like it.
0: I agree with you with with Watkins, but I also don't think Ings is going to be happy there. He wants to play on the last man. He wants to make that run. Well, he we've, wants to we've got a big, we've the got a big problem there. Yeah, I, I, that's, I totally agree with that. I don't think you're going to be able to keep both of those guys happy um, because you're going to end up farming one of them out to a position that they don't want to play. Ultimately, I think Watkins gets the the nod over Ings for a multitude of reasons, not necessarily for the pure finishing, but I think Watkins has a longer history or a longer term future, rather, at, at Villa. Um, but it goes back to what I said before, is that we need the players around him, Buendia included, who can then service Watkins in the way that he wants to play. And, you know, that was effective last year. He had a good relationship with with Grudish. We need to find that again. I wonder what we'd, we'd do
1: if everyone was fit. If we had a cup final tomorrow, I what our team would be?
0: Yeah. Well, I think a, In, a, I think
1: Ings would probably be on the bench.
0: So I, I would be inclined to disagree, but only because of the relationship between Ings and Gerrard, maybe. Yeah. They must know each other from, from days gone by. Do they play together? I don't
1: think anything? they played at Liverpool, but Gerrard would have been there as a coach. Is that right? When Ings was there, unless I've got that wrong, maybe they did have a year. I feel like Ingsy's last—I'm sorry, Gerrard's last season in Liverpool was the the FA Cup semi-final that we, on his and the final was going to be on his birthday where we knocked them out. That right. really scared I felt like that was Gerard's last season because it must have been because it was going to be his last FA Cup final. And I remember us losing to Burnley just before the cup final, and Danny Ing scored. So they can't mm-hmm. play together. Correct right. me if I'm wrong in the comments. But that's how I remember it. I've been wrong before. I'll no doubt be wrong again. But that—that that is how I remember it. It's not squad numbers. He anyone... can't guarantee that I'm right.
0: If anyone's gonna correct you, it won't be me. <laughs> yeah. No.
1: We're still waiting for James Chester to get that England call up. We're all <laughs> outraged that it hasn't happened yet.
0: But uh, to to uh, uh, this is just a hunch, but it, it felt like it feels like Ings and Gerald have a relationship. Maybe maybe I'm plucked out of nowhere. But they've got they but, yeah, said it himself, so they have got a relationship. He has right. said that. He did say that. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe they get maybe well, uh, Ings, Ings is the one hopefully we've got a cup final at some point to, to talk about that might be nice but we've got Manchester United it might be nice, it's it's nice strong, to get a decent know. third round draw for once Yeah, <laughs> that, that might help what's, um, what's your thoughts on Target because again there's a lot of speculation that, that he won't be sold but he may not be the first choice left back come February 1st
1: I'm fine with that I actually think Target's been really good under Gerrard I think he's been really really strong Maybe he didn't have his greatest game today, but he wasn't wasn't alone in in that. You know, you're going to have bad games, but you need. We're too weak defensively, numbers wise. Now, Transaibi's gone. We've got we've got the back four that we would play if everyone was fit. Then we've got Hawes and we've got Ashley Young covering two fullback positions, and he's injured. So we ain't got enough defenders. It's simple math: six defenders to go through the rest of the season. That's not enough. We've got sixteen-year-old Joshua Vunie on the bench today. I mean, yeah. that, that's. I mean, with all the will in the world ideally probably don't want a sixteen year old having to come in at centre half at, at any point in the in the near future. That's probably not gonna be something that we want to do. 16-2, two, that that is young.
0: How I was trying I'm trying to think how old Rio Ferdinand was not
1: sixteen. Was he up. might have been seven. There's freaks though, isn't there? Unless he's one of these yeah. freaks like Bellingham but to play centre back in the Premier League at sixteen. I don't think anyone's ever done that.
0: And so that's what I'm trying to think because Ferdinand was young. Reese Oxford I think was is the youngest this is a random fact. He's still playing in Germany. It. Yeah, exactly. That's all I know. Uh, but, uh, but he was one of the youngest ever defenders for West Ham, I think. So he must have, you know, eclipsed Rio Ferdinand. But uh, Rio Ferdinand must be one of those guys, Jonathan Woodgate, maybe. Uh, but yeah, anyway, you know, you need to be a phenom to be that guy. That yeah, can you can't do be there.
1: But that shows how short we are, doesn't it? Six defenders to cover four positions for the, for the whole season. That just isn't enough. So we're gonna so to have to buy a left back or a right back.
0: Yeah. And but it I mean it looks like a left back is is coming in. Um but maybe more, maybe we need another centre back as yeah, well. Yeah, we definitely do, yeah. It kind of comes back to that uh, you know age-old question of do we buy players and, and Gerard's kind of indicated that we will buy players to 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 fill the bench and fill the squad. But then are you, are you blocking some of the talent that's kind of coming through? Obviously, you know, you've got Carney, you've got um, Jacob Ramsey come through and, and playing on a regular basis now, but you don't want too many players that are going to then kind of be talent stoppers, essentially, no. and stop these guys getting the minutes.
1: People are going to go on they? as well, you would think. I think we need three players in January, which for January, for me, I would always stay away from doing numbers like that. And a three doesn't sound a lot in the face of it, but that is a lot of new players to come in in mid-season. Because I think we'll go... Nakamba's obviously out for the season. You know, he would have played a fair few games. So you're going to need a midfielder. Mm. You're going to need a You're going to need a centre-back. Maybe even four. You're going to need a full-back. And then do you need someone to play in the number 10 position? Because Bailey can't stay fit to save his life either. So it's it super
0: frustrating.
1: You should, know, you should know some stuff about Bailey because, you know, you're the Bundesliga guy. I mean, we're not talking about the game here at all now. It has just descended into a podcast, but that's absolutely fine because I don't think any of us want to talk about
0: that game. I mean... Yeah, there's no, there's nothing really good to say about the game because it, just frust- <laughs> Gosh, frustrating again. Love that words. word. What's frustrating you
1: know, in German? Can you start saying it in German instead?
0: Uh oh, Egerlich. Egg Eggwat? Eh, somebody 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 correct me in the no, comments. Gonna, I, I don't think you're gonna like,
1: get anyone correcting you in the comments.
0: That that's like um being annoyed or being yeah sour is another good one. like ich bin sour I'm annoyed it's not quite frustrating but yeah hmm. Adam our producer,
1: is definitely looking up I, ah, I can see yeah, he's doing something isn't he I don't know he's saying you, pr- you wrong I think. I think he's saying you wrong or he's not or he's <laughs> not looking it up at all he's just um, he's just trying to but... speed to me absolutely nothing's come through the come through on the mic if you if you have tried to fade me he's still talking now <laughs> I can't hear
0: anything that's fine but to go back to go back to the game for one quick second because then no thanks Tom. This will be really it, and then Brentford fans can leave if they if, if they uh, if they were tuning in for actual analysis. You know, I I think that that was a massive opportunity to win there. No disrespect to Brentford because I think they're doing doing a decent job, and they they had a lot going on themselves in terms of injuries and COVID and stuff. But we they were there for the taking today. We missed the opportunity. I thought their, their goalkeeper played pretty well, but they also lost a couple of players during the game. Um, Jensen uh, and. Uh, another guy went off fairly early, and it just felt like you know we should be jumping on that. And those are the moments where Gerard should be saying, "All right, go go in for the kill." And just never happened. he would be seething, Gerard. I imagine he's absolutely furious. Can you imagine what he's like at home after after a game like that? He'll just be like pacing, and <laughs> he'll be uh, just just completely un- inconsolable. I would say until they can get back on the training pitch. Because you won't you. understand how we lost that, really.
1: I mean, I, I'm not sure either. Because because I, it's just so annoying that I've done nothing to win that game. It's not being bitter or being salty. They, no. they didn't do in, anything to win that game, and they have won it 2-1.
0: So, no. to move on from, from the actual game, to look at what Dean Smith might have done over the last kind of eight games or so, do you think that the the change was right? And Yeah that Gerard has, uh, we've shown significant improvement under Gerard, but isn't just a new manager. Belt. Yeah. I
1: think someone had a pop at me on Twitter earlier just before I came on. The usual in Villa lose. Let's have a go at Bardell. He's um, basically saying that I didn't want Dean Smith to get the sack. So obviously I'm, I was wrong. I think there's a difference in like supporting the manager when they're there. So I supported Dean Smith when he was the manager and I support, I support Steven Gerrard. Now he's the manager. I didn't, I, did, I thought the sacking was harsh at the time. I was wrong because I didn't see that someone would come in and get an awful lot more out of the players. To be honest, at that point, and I thought Smith had showed that he could turn us round a couple of times before. So I didn't, I didn't expect Gerard to be as good. But I've seen a take today out of the equation. Today was rubbish, but overall, the way we now play football is a lot better. The way we move the ball around, the way the midfield's a little bit more progressive. We look more solid than we than we were doing in the latter days of of Smith. We just look at a better team, and like we've got more of a game plan and more of an identity. And I just like Gerard. I like Gerard as a, as a man. And I do think I didn't realize this afterwards. Sometimes a change of voice is needed. Three years yeah. is actually a long time in football. Now I said it before that three years is probably the equivalent of in days gone by when we were kids growing up watching football. Probably the equivalent of about ten years now, because you just don't get the time nowadays. That's a long time to be the manager of a team. And sometimes you do you just need a different voice. And I do think Stephen Gerrard re-energised Aston Villa a little bit. And I think after how down everyone was and the club felt a bit down about losing Grealish, I think it needed someone like Gerrard maybe now. I've realised that in hindsight. But I think there's enough there that I've seen this is going to be a good appointment. And he won't take performances like today. Performances like today will be few and far between. That's why I said on Twitter, it's a little bit of a throwback. Because Gerrard won't, won't suffer fools and he won't let things like that happen. Today was, was bad. It's the first game you look at today, isn't it, where you've said... Oh, we've lost to, to Brentford. Not sure about that. Because the other guys we've lost have been to the top three and you think, oh, we gave yeah. them a good game. Chelsea I wasn't blown away with. I thought I thought Chelsea were poor and us actually. But you know, it's Chelsea. A couple of yeah. penalties. Um today's the first game you look at it and think, I oh, expected us to go there and win today and we didn't. So it'd be interesting to see how we react to that.
0: Yeah. I am still a bit on the fence. Like I I was a big proponent of Dean Smith. And we both were through 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 still doing the podcast together and when he got sacked i was disappointed for you know for a number of reasons as were a lot of the other fans i could see the i could see why they did it and you know we were losing we were losing games hand over fist but i still felt like he would do he would get us to you know mid to lower mid table i think we'll finish i think we'll finish higher
1: under gerrard than we would have under smith
0: yeah I do. I'm that. still I'm I'm still waiting to, to see that because I think you're right. I think the performances have bounced again. Oh, certainly they had um pre-today. Um, but there's still a lot to be proven, I think, from a from a young, exciting manager, sure. But you know, we we need to uh, I'd like to see the, the full body of work totally behind Gerard, absolutely always and behind managers, um, unless they're Alex McLeish but generally fully behind managers um but i'm i'm intrigued to see what he does in january and then <laughs> then february to may because you know you've already mentioned there that we might need three four new players great could be three minimum you know but it's uh, like we've just talked about you know it's difficult to settle in especially in january um and especially mid season everything going on covid people uh, uh, games being postponed players out then players in I, I, it's a it's a really tricky job <laughs> to be a manager that's a, that's a stupid thing to say but it is a tricky job and you look at these fixtures now you've got Manchester United twice Everton who you know that that, that should be that should be a winnable fixture i don't fear any yeah. of those games well, you should look at all of that oh, certainly out, out with Manchester United, and maybe look at Manchester United and say maybe you can take something.
1: They're beatable. But, We've already beaten them it.
0: Cer- certainly the latter three there. Um, Everton Leeds, Newcastle, where you've got to be going. You know, seven points, nine,
1: po- nine points. Can you pass your pictures uh, back up please, Adam. Because I just think uh, I just think this again taking me back to sitting in this booth with you. Does the last two feel quite peak? Because Leeds have been rubbish for, for weeks. And they've suddenly start. They won today, didn't they? They've suddenly started to get it together as as we we play them. And the transfer window shut by the time we play Newcastle, so they might have a load of world beaters suddenly in their team. That that that. that Everton. Think, Everton are in big trouble. Yeah, I'd think could could I
0: could have a new manager by the time. Yeah, though. yeah, that
1: is true. Everton could have a new manager. Yeah, I'd at the moment I'd relish Villa going to Goodison Park. Stephen Gerrard getting have you got a few goals early like Brighton did today? You no, know, the fans will turn at Everton. They're almost as bad as the Villa fans. For for turn down it. Everton fans will go. They will really, really go. They don't. They don't want no. Benitez anywhere. Like you t- touched on no. McLeish, they, they don't want. They didn't want. They didn't want Benitez there, and they're not doing well. So yeah. that's a good. That's a game to go there and upset them early and win. I don't. Right, no, I don't but, fear any of them
0: games at all. Really. I, I mean, it's, I think it's natural to look at Manchester United and think we're not going to win there, um, or even at, even at home because you know Manchester United often often causes issues. But you're, but you're right. Certainly, I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore Manchester United because I have a I have a fear of them constantly. That goes back to childhood days. But the 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 latter three there, you've got to look and and think. Oh, nice is, is, nice I, question. Bear that question in mind when you finished your speech. I can't see it. Oh, okay. It's too small. Would you rather win the cup or the league? league?
1: It's a cup or the league game. I'd rather win the league. Oh. Would you rather win the cup or the league game against Manchester United? <laughs>
0: um. I think they'd rather win the Cup, you know? Same.
1: I want to win the FA Um, Cup. I think Gerard wants to win the FA Cup as well. I I can see it in his eyes when he talks about it. He's he's not going to mess around in the Cups. We're not going to be playing kids and... Well, unless we get COVID again. He's not going to be playing the kids and... He's going to go full throttle for the FA Cup, I think, Gerard. I think he he wants to win trophies. That's what he wants. He
0: scored that that wonder goal against West Ham in the FA Cup. Yeah, shacking his lop at the Millennium Stadium. Was it? Yeah. (laughs) Was it?
1: Marlon Harewood played in that I game, think Marlon scored in that game, actually. If I go through the Marlon archives in my head.
0: Was, it four, two, was that the game that Alan Pardew did the dance?
1: No, 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 no. No, that was years, years, years. years. The dance was like not that long ago. Jesse Lingard scored for Man U, didn't they? That one. it was Man U, that was. It was 2-1 yeah, to Man U, I think. I thought, I thought, oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah.
0: So Pardew did the dance and they still lost, yeah.
1: I mean, they lost on penalties to Liverpool, the Gerrard Cup final.
0: Yeah, that was such a good cup final. Yeah, that's
1: probably the best cup final I've ever watched, actually. Uh,
0: but uh, I can't remember what the, the yeah. So I'd rather win the cup. Oh, I'd love to go on a cup run. We've had some. We've had some lovely cup runs. Never the FI Cup though. No, but, right. except
1: for the one we got battered in the final by Arsenal
0: recently. And you know, you you know, I love a Wembley experience. Um, and oh, yeah, uh, yeah, you'll be ask, and... you asking for a ticket as well. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, one podcast appearance means that I'm that I'm. Um, guaranteed a ticket. No, right? I was
1: showing you our Wembley tickets before we even did the View. actually. That FA Cup. What a gift.
0: You brought me one for my birthday. Yeah. That was a lovely time.
1: Um, so you, you didn't buy it but you got me. I gift. hope I didn't buy it because I've never had a present of similar ilk back if I did. And that's why that's And that's why you buy to receive, to receive back. There's a present on
0: your, uh, your There is your actually, yeah. Yeah, me. next to the
1: referees, bro. And the, I, you know what? Um, I, I've spotted that referee spray now. I did this podcast. With, oh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. I did the podcast for the <laughs> PGMOL with former Premier League referee Chris Foy. I was talking about that vanishing spray, and I was like, I don't, I don't know where it is. I should find that. I don't know where it is. It literally was right behind me the whole time I was talking about it. Poor. Absolutely poor. Yeah, how did you feel when I got a gig with the PGMOL, working with former <laughs> Premier League referee Chris Foy, Because you know I've been very kind about referees over the years when we were doing podcasts. <laughs> you don't like referees, do you?
0: I messaged you to just say, you know, there's, there's been a couple of times in, in history where Dan's messaged me to say, "That's my gig. I should be doing that." And um, not, not about things you're doing, by the way. Oh, there was, there, there have been. Remember the the, the Sky Bet playoff um, big posters mm, that were on? Yeah, that was mine. Was saying, that was. You definitely. That was you, mine. You that's what I, do it. Yeah, that was and, mine. Uh, I cashed in on that. And, and then you got, got it the year after,
1: the, didn't you? You got it the year after. after, yeah.
0: after. Furious! You yeah, I wasn't happy with that, to be honest. <laughs> but this this is the equivalent equivalent of that, you know. If there's a, if there's a refereeing gig to be had, then then that really belongs in my wheelhouse. I'm the man, like, the man. for it. You seem to do a great job. Chris Foy seems to be very taken with you now. He does.
1: So. He does. He tweeted tweet me a few times. Chris Foy wishing me well from my getting over COVID.
0: Nice man. watch Nice man. I watched the first the first part of that uh, PGMOL. Oh, didn't thing, did not the rest and, of it. Now, well, I'm a busy, guy. <laughs> um, but you know, I thought you did a good job. You're uh, you're obviously an excellent host. You've learned a lot from me over the years, and I thought you've you come on leaps and bounds. I mean, if you had
1: time to watch the Villa game today, Tom, you had time to watch the second half of the MoL <laughs> talk with Chris. I'll
0: put it on straight after today. this. Should
1: we get some questions? Just get some questions up on the screen. If, if anyone wants to ask any questions, yeah. But um, Adam says there's not a lot being said in the chat at the moment, which is not good for Tom's confidence. There's a lot of Tom's really in love though. But we want to ask Tom any questions because we don't hear from him very often. He's not. You're not very prolific on
0: Twitter nowadays either, Tom. Are
1: you, you not allowed what? to be? I,
0: no, no. It's just I don't, I just don't. I try and this is going to sound really like high and mighty. And I don't mean it to be, but when I'm, you know, I work. I, I work quite long hours and. I often have to take my work home, especially now that we're all in working from home anyway. It's hard not to take your work home. But, you know, I work often spills onto weekends or spills into other things. And um, I, I try not to be on Twitter. or I try not to be on my phone when I'm like playing with my kids or anything like that.
1: I mean, you should. Um, you, when we said, how's life been since you left? You didn't even mention that you've had a daughter since you left the Villavia.
0: had a daughter. Yeah, yeah. you should <laughs> yeah. probably mention that. Uh, Almost a year, a year, she'll be she'll be one next Saturday. So, she's got a Villa
1: kit or does she support a German team?
0: She's got a Villa kit, yeah. So I, I bought Alfie a, a, a home kit when um, when he was born in 2018. And um, so I bought, because we were here in Frankfurt, I bought Emily the away kit, um, which I thought was a symbolic gesture. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, she's not particularly interested in, in football. Alfie's super interested in football now, which is really nice. What's he going to
1: um, do if you stay in Germany? Do you think he'll a German team because then if you ever come back to the UK you'll not be in love with that team and then I don't want to do all this but you'll be in love with that team And then you might move back and then you won't be able to go and watch your team play
0: Believe it or not I have thought about that quite a lot he's not really interested in teams right now but you know but if we stay here another five years and he's you know six, seven, eight we'll, we'll have probably gone to Frankfurt a fair bit I hope that Frankfurt would be his team um, but he, you know, he's he he knows he knows who Villa are. He knows John McGinn. He he's he's going to be a Villa fan, I would say. If we move back to the UK, that's true.
1: I don't know. Why I completely just ruled out the fact that he would actually just be a Villa fan like his dad, wouldn't I? I don't know why yeah, I completely I, I, ruled that out in my head.
0: I hope so. I, I think there's, there's there was the twang.
1: The way he said hope. <laughs> Go back and listen to that. That was <laughs> that was what I was talking about before.
0: Mark mark down the time. Code. That was it. Um, that was the one. But. Uh, I mean, he has a he has an England kit and a Germany kit for the Euros, and he was he was, he was very taken with the black Germany kit. He's
1: very confused when England play Germany. I,
0: again, it's not that deep. Uh, he, he wasn't really worried about the actual game of it, but he does like wearing his Germany. That is a nice
1: kit. kit, that black kit. To be fair, the blackout yeah. one—that's a very very nice shirt. Probably the best of the Euros, in my opinion. Uh,
0: Germany always smashes it with 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 the kits. Their their mm. kits are very tidy. But um, yeah, yeah. no, so. Daughter was born. She's got a villa kit. Alfie's got a villa kit. So I think we're set for a while. I'm I, I'm not a guy that buys them every year's kit. Is that bad? You'd do, you'd do that, wouldn't you?
1: I mean, I would myself buy myself, buy myself kit every forever. kit every year. So probably, yeah, yeah. I, probably, I I'd probably probably
0: would. I'd probably do that. I'd probably stick to what I do for myself. I would. Think I think fun. potentially next year when Alfie's I'll Alfie, Alfie be four next year. And he might be interested in watching football a bit more. He's just interested in playing at the moment. So. yeah, you can go
1: to a game at four, in my opinion. That's the, that's about the right age. Yeah. I didn't when did you go to your first game?
0: I think I was seven, maybe. Six or seven? Yeah. I wasn't I was ten. I had a season ticket since I think was eight. Do you know what? I you'll never guess what my first Premier League game was. The uh, where were you living? Oxford.
1: No. Were you live in Oxford? Yeah. Cambridge. Cambridge same thing isn't it Cambridge and Oxford um, I'll, never guess. I'll never get I'll well, never get I'm not going to get the both teams I might, is it? Is it a Premier League you said Premier League it was a Premier League right, yeah. so I might get one of the teams then I'm going to go
0: for can you give me a year please um, 2000 I think no no it must have been 99 I think 99 I will say Bradford I would say that's around the right kind of quality. Yeah, it was Derby County versus Tottenham. Why we travelled six or seven hours on a bus to Derby to watch Les Ferdinand score a couple against Tottenham. No, for four Tottenham, Tom. Yeah. Even I know it would have been for Tottenham. No, he played for Les Ferdinand, played for Derby and Tottenham. Yeah, but he wasn't playing for Derby in 2000. He, he scored whenever it was. So it might be 98, 99. I'm, t- I can't I'm telling he you he played before. for Tottenham at that point.
1: He he scored he scored for Derby. No, I'm not having this. I'm not having this. How do <laughs> I know more about a game? I wasn't at. That was your first ever Premier League game. And I'm telling you, Les Ferdinand did not score for Derby. That game. unless it's past 2000. I'm sure Les Ferdinand played for Leicester towards the end of his career. Yeah, game. I might be. I
0: might
1: be wrong. Oh God, you should. But you should know that it, it was Derby versus Spurs. Yeah, that's fine. But Les Ferdinand didn't score for Derby. Didn't play for Derby.
0: No. <laughs> So maybe maybe it was two one to Spurs. Yeah, I'm sure and Martin scored for Spurs. This kind of proves my point though a little bit in that I wasn't I wasn't ready for football.
1: <laughs> Are you ready, now? ready? Are you ready now? Are you working in football? And I'm still sitting here thinking, is he
0: ready to work in football? So he definitely played for Spurs at that time, but I I was more interested in uh, novelty gifts and food. That's what, that's what attracted me to going into the football really? I remember going on a school trip to watch Northampton Saints play rugby. I bought one of those giant jester hats. Oh yeah. And it would cost like 15 pounds or something like that. What a waste of money that was. That must've been all my spending money. I and bet your parents guy. were
1: fuming with that. I bet Brexit Kev was not happy with the jester hat when he going back.
0: I mean, he just probably would have walked out. I imagine just not, not acknowledged it. Yeah. That's not good. That's not good.
1: I can't believe that you were you were trying. I have had to correct you on the first Premier League game about right, that Les Vernon
0: wasn't playing for Derby. This is kind of the point, though. This is this is what I'm saying that you know, at four, I'm not sure he's ready to go to a game. Four seems young. I'm not to remember it, but he's
1: the Bundesliga quite friendly and quite jovial as well. I feel like for, I feel like the Bundesliga,
0: you can go younger if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think there'd be a problem. Every game I've been to has been been class, but. I, what's the point steiner in his hand having
1: a beer yeah stein stein i was pretty steiner for some reason Yeah, oh, we, we all get different things wrong <laughs> one all. yeah one all. <laughs> i think you've i think you'll be sitting at five six one so far in this podcast if we are being completely honest and we went back through and added it all up tom should we go do we have should we, should we do... do we have any more questions yeah i don't think many questions have come up to be honest is anyone even watching us so far this is basically we could have done this on first time huh? We didn't really we didn't really need to come onto YouTube and sub- subject other people. Oh, yeah, good question, David Styles. Any players in Germany that Villa should look at?
0: Oh see, because I think that every good player in Germany should stay in Germany for the oh, good of my job in the league. Must be some uh, I,
1: Frankfurt got anyone then? Cost uh, Kosti- Kostic still playing for Frankfurt. So you got yeah,
0: he yeah. yeah, I mean Cos Kost- Kostic is is lively and and would look good, I think, on, on Villa's left wing, but Frankfurt uh, Kostic looked a lot more dangerous last season when Frankfurt mm. were playing a nicer system and and everything was was gelling under Adi Hutter. This year they've they've struggled to get things going. They're doing really well in the Europa League, but like in the league, not so not so lively. Um, you know, you want to look at a, a centre back Freiburg who are having an incredible season. They're third at the moment. Um, have a guy called Nico Schlotterback. He's um, good on, good on, football
1: manager. I was looking at him the other day.
0: Yeah, yeah, there you go. But uh, the 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 real attraction. This isn't necessarily a target for Villa players, but the quality of young central midfielders in the Bundesliga is phenomenal. Like you look at Jamal Musiala at Bayern, he's incredible. Jude Bellingham, unbelievable you, talent. Your friend, um, your mate Jude. My my, my mate Jude. Um, uh, Gio Reyna, who's been injured the last couple of months, but started off the season really, really well at Dortmund. Those are the kind of... Oh, and um, uh, Florian Wurtz at, at Leverkusen. Like the, you, you have kind of four central midfielders there that I think the Bundesliga is really going to hang its hat on. Um, as long as they stay, those guys will be stars for their respective countries for the next... Yeah, 10, 15 years. Um, There's
1: four four players that Villa can't sign, then, that he's just suggested.
0: Well, Verts, no. Musiala on loan would be lovely. Um, But, yeah, the rest of them aren't going to go, for sure. Mm -hmm. Musiala hasn't played that much. Has he? No, it do not I don't see him rocking up at Villa Park anytime soon, unfortunately. He only played the last couple of games because Kimmich obviously... and
1: Covid. and um... yeah, Two interesting links down there from Johnna. Taglafico has been linked quite heavily in recent days, which I mean, expecting to sign now, I'm saying this, but he just doesn't feel like a Villa signing. I think he's 29 from Ajax.
0: Doesn't he's feel... the one that's also linked with Chelsea?
1: Yeah, they need a left back. So, I mean, I guess he's got a relationship with Martinez because he's the Argentina left back, but 29, that, that doesn't feel like the kind of signing Villa would make. It doesn't really fit in with what we tried to do previously. Neither does Coutinho, and that's actually one that I sit here and think that would actually make a bit of sense for the rest of the season. A player that Gerard it's does it. know that he did play with. Philip Coutinho? Yeah, he's not getting a game for Barca, he's available for loan. He'll go to the Premier, he might end up at Everton under Benitez, but that does feel like, he feels like someone would be a good, good fit to the playing style, Coutinho, as one of the narrow tens. Do you think? Yeah,
0: still a good player, that, he's just had a bad time at Barca. He's the kind of guy that I feel might be. How old is Philip Coutinho? Now? Must be thirty. Yeah. So we talked about earlier about progress not
1: Alone, just for half a season.
0: But then you're then you're cutting out the players that you already have. What what good are you doing? True. I feel like that's the position where we have players that could play that that position. I ruin it, Tom. But we don't. We, we don't need him. Like obviously, Philip Coutinho a few years ago, yeah, fantastic. But. If he, he's not getting his game for Barcelona
1: that's probably to do with pay I would suggest in some ways for, for Barca because mm. they're rubbish at the moment they're, they could
0: do. I mean financially they're an absolute disaster but that wouldn't they wouldn't not play the players
1: no but he's prob- probably they probably owe Liverpool another 10 million if he plays a certain amount of games or something stupid this is me purely oh, speculative
0: I can imagine that the, yeah that they need to farm out players for sure but if he's not playing already you know you've got to question why am are we better off plugging the players that we do have in that position? Sure there was
1: Villa player once. I don't know if we were doing podcasts or it was saying that if he plays a certain amount of more games, then Villa we'll have to pay might have been Darren Bent.
0: No, it was it was when... it was Michael Richards. Wasn't, that, it... wasn't it no, wasn't so... He was
1: on a fray, wasn't he, Richards?
0: Michael Richards, wasn't it that if we got promoted, he was his wages doubled back up? From championship. I know Lansbury. Basketball. I think
1: Lansbury's wages went up when we got promoted as well. But there was a player, I'm sure it was under Lambert. They replied in we played another ten games or something. We had to pay I'm sure it was Bent. We had to pay Sunderland a bit more a bit more money, so we just didn't want to do that, so we just didn't play him anymore.
0: Yeah. I, I've heard of that a, a few clubs, I yeah. think. That's,
1: yeah. yeah. Any more questions for Tom to not answer? <laughs>
0: Together. I'm not giving I'm not I'm not giving the best Bundesliga player. What's away the Tamasha
1: do you jump all about, by the way? I've trying like P like is the whole Gascoyne. Oh Gascoigne. Oh my god. Absolute basics. How do I, don't know I
0: don't not given, work that out? How do not work that out? Should have given you more time
1: there. No, yeah, I probably would have got I probably would have got. I think it was the ten that was throwing me Don't search out Gaza with number ten.
0: If you want to give a free bit of publicity out, this jumpers from the north curve Fine. does lovely, lovely um kind of football related uh jumpers and tees and it's really nice website. The guy that the guy that runs it is um big Italian football guy. I tried to get him to do some more Bundesliga stuff, but does a lot of um Italian, a few Scottish I think it's I think he's Scottish, so a few Scottish things there, but the North Curve very, very nice gear. Did you send that to throw? or did you buy it? No, I've I've got three. I've got this one, I've got a an old Ronaldo one um and i got a um uh, it's like a it's like a french one it's kind of a, a, a not non-club specific but it's a, a french 1984 Tom
1: no yeah. longer shopping in thrift stores since he's <laughs> since he left, <laughs> since he left the country they,
0: they don't they don't really do charity shops here not in the same way oh. it's very hard to find charity shops in the same way that that they're commonplace in london and the like so i'm I'm kind of disappointed in that i am wearing jeans that i realized were from
1: Oh, okay I, you know i already know what jeans they are you only showed me a brief knee of them but i know exactly what uh, jeans they are from the booth days
0: i think they may be maybe 10 to 12 years old these jeans
1: yeah that that doesn't surprise me i try trying, trying to think of did you wear those jeans when we went to sheffield united where? <laughs> I have no well, idea. You probably, you probably did. <laughs> the North Curve gets look, <laughs> look, look, look at this. Look at this. Tom would be clipping this up and sending it to the North Curve saying, oh, well, "Look at what no. I did for you. Look at what I did for you." I would. Uh, I, would never I do never. I mean, that. I never get right. free stuff from anyone, so I can't be taken <laughs> the mic. I think that's a good place to to call it a night. It's it? been good. You know what? I've enjoyed that more than doing a first doing a match point about the game. We basically just had a catch up in public. And basically, just an old podcast in the booth, essentially, where it was loosely based around what Villa were doing, but there was also a lot of the nonsense in there as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, never really got too far away from the nonsense, did we, in the booth? Days. What was that tagline? Uh, always always silly? Always? No, no. I can't remember. Really this, this is peak. This yeah. is peak Villa. It wasn't a tagline that we made up, it was that someone else said, but we quite liked it and thought it was true of the podcast yeah. at the time. It was basically sometimes that we talk some sense, but most of the times it's absolute nonsense, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go back and find that, and maybe tweet out this podcast using that using that tagline. Anything you want? Anything else you want to plug before we go? Any other clothing brands?
0: <laughs> I don't know any other clothing brands. No, um, but uh, what else do I want to plug?
1: Okay, you are gonna plug something.
0: I no, I don't really have anything. I'm thinking about doing something charitable wise this season. I was speaking oh, to yeah. you about it. Yeah, you were
1: right? yeah um.
0: Yeah so if um if you've ever liked anything that i've done on the villa view um watch this space because i think there will be something charitable to do this year yeah um specifically around um the nspcc and protecting protecting kids there was a couple of stories last year specifically um arthur jones in the in the in the Birmingham yeah. area but but a few others um where we just we can't let stuff like that happen and that that really hit me hard last yeah, year, horrible. To on, a, on a super sad note but it was gross um it was it was despicable kind of what happened and um you know there's not an awful lot that we can do but we can help support important charities um uh in in protecting vulnerable children and stuff like that so i think i haven't kind of pinned down exactly what i want to do but i do want to do something to raise some money so you know bookmark this if, if you enjoyed this last hour or if you've ever enjoyed anything that the Villa View has done, I'll be calling on your door for for some cash in the next in the next <laughs> months because it's important. Yeah, we'll, so we'll definitely help
1: we'll definitely help with that myself, Adam, and everyone at the Villa View, and the Villa View will definitely, definitely help with that. And if you want to keep up with what Tom is doing as well, just check out the hashtag. AFVC, because he's, <laughs> he's the only person that's ever done a Villa tweet under the, under, <laughs> under the hashtag, because I need to catch up with what Tom's doing. Make sure <laughs> you check out that hashtag. I was talking about that earlier. It made me laugh.
0: Was that, I think that might have been our first ever podcast I yeah. tried to promote.
1: AFVC. Yeah, yeah no one's going to yeah. no look at that. So no one's going to be looking for a podcast about AFVC, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: uh, I think, oh, yeah. good.
1: It's always good to be back. Yeah. <laughs> I might plug some of my own stuff before we go, actually. I might plug the sure. Connor Harahan podcast. On the Athletic, 1874, gone down really well. Had lots of positive feedback around that podcast. Connor, unbelievable guy, he was an unbelievable player for Villa. I said he's going to come on and do a Villa View live actually as well on Zoom so we'll get a chance to ask Connor some questions. Hopefully there's a few more than there were when we were asking Tom questions. So yeah, Connor's gonna come on the Villa View soon. But if you do want to have the lowdown on his time in Clara and Blue, then go on the Athletic 1874. It's free to listen to really, really good to catch up with Connor and speak to him and do a podcast. Tom, it's been brilliant to have you on and chat to you again. As I say, not really a post much point, but great to talk to you nonetheless. Thanks to Villa for getting the year off to an absolute flyer. Thanks to Purity, as ever, for sponsoring us. And yeah, we'll be back before the Manchester United FA Cup game at some point doing a preview for that. So stay tuned for that. We'll update you on our socials with when that's
0: coming. Have a good rest of the evening and up the Villa. Up the Villa. Sports Social Podcast Network